Welcome to the Let's Get Sensory podcast. My name is Kelsey, and I'm an occupational therapist, sensory specialist, and ADHD. Looking to up level you and your kids' lives by learning how to live a sensory lifestyle to help with attention, anxiety, hyperactivity, and impulsivity, then you have come to the right place. So here we go, let's get sensory. Hello, hello, welcome back. I don't know about you, but I feel like the sensory world is growing at a crazy rate, which I'm so happy and excited about. I feel like I am seeing it everywhere which is exactly what we need for the word to keep on spreading, for sensory to become common knowledge by everyone, and for there to be sensory setups everywhere, like sensory gyms, sensory parks, um, and those becoming like the new trampoline worlds for kids. My dream is for everyone to know about sensory processing because I honestly think every single person can benefit from it. Not just ADHD, autistic, and SPD kids, but every single person which thankfully the world is starting to see and there's so much research being done these days on sensory processing and how it can help not only kids but adults too. Like there is even research being done right now looking at our inner reception sense and its role on and therapeutic impact on adults with trauma, anxiety, chronic pain, depression, and as someone with ADHD who's experienced all those things, I am jumping up and down inside that the change is finally here and it's only going to get better from here. I'm so, so, so grateful that you are here with me today so we can really dig deep about sensory processing because yes, the sensory strategies are helpful like the weighted blankets, the wall push-ups, the swings, et cetera, et cetera. But to really get the most of it, we have to dive deeper and really understand the ins and outs because we often overlook or forget that every single person's sensory needs and nervous system needs are different. We have to really understand how sensory processing works and how to decipher what kids' unique sensory needs and sensory profile is, which sounds complicated, but I promise it's not as complicated as it seems, which is why I'm here to simplify everything for you and to help make it actionable, to help make this process and sensory journey as easy as possible. And while I'm on the snow, I have some very exciting news. The first round of Sensory Life Academy is starting so soon, and I cannot be more excited for this round. And if you are new here, I have two online courses. The first one is a crash course. It's called Simplify Sensory, and it's a seven-day course on sensory therapy and explaining the ins and the outs and everything you need to know on how to create a sensory lifestyle. And then my second online course is Sensory Life Academy, which only opens up a couple times a year, and it's a three-month program that supports not only kids but parents too. One of the things that often is missing in sensory education is support for parents, which is a vital, vital factor. It is everything. Like if you think about how we feed off each other's energy, like if you walk into a room, you can immediately feel other people's energy. And you know who is especially good at reading and feeding off of other people's energy are kids and sensory kids, which is why Sensory Life Academy is half an intensive but easy and super practical sensory program for kids. And then the other half is emotional support and nervous system healing sanctuary for parents. Sensory parents all too often selflessly neglect their own needs and own nervous system needs, which is why I absolutely had to add emotional support for parents into Sensory Life Academy. So you absolutely do not want to miss this. It is going to be such a beautiful and healing and transformational three months for both you and your kids. I'll attach a link in the show notes for you to learn more about it. 
Okay, so now it's time to chat about interoception, and I'm so, so excited to talk about this, and I know you're going to leave here today with your mind blown by interoception. I know that's how I feel anytime just reading about it and learning more and more about it, and right now you most likely see interoception as just another weird sensory word, but by the end of this, you are going to see interoception as a missing puzzle piece and be like, how did I not know all of this before? So we are going to start with the basics really quick. So interoception, what is it? Well, it's the fancy definition for it is um, the ability to identify, access, understand, and respond appropriately to the patterns of our internal signals. And then my definition of it, my simplified definition of interoception is, it is the sense that allows us to answer the question, how do I feel and how does my body feel at any given moment? Our interoception sense allows us to know when we have to go to the bathroom, when we are hungry, when we are hot, when we are cold. But another really important part of interoception that often gets left out is it is our ability to sense the physical effects of different feelings and emotions in our body. So like when we're feeling different emotions and we have maybe tense muscles or our breathing changes or our heart rate changes, sensations from our bodies underlie and accompany pretty much all of our emotions. So like if you're happy, your body might feel lighter and more energetic. Or if you're relaxed, your body might feel heavy and loose. Or if you're angry, you may feel tense and very hyper alert. There are sensations that tie to all of our emotions. So this is a super important part of interoception that doesn't really get talked about. People typically think about when they hear interoception as kids' ability to know when they have to use the bathroom or knowing when they're hungry. So I guess a little bit about my own interoception, and specifically when I was a child. When I was growing up, until I was at least seven or eight or maybe later, I would have accidents in my sleep, which is really tied to our interoception and not being fully in touch with the different sensations and feelings of our body. And bedwetting actually also has to do with a primitive active reflexes, but I'll have to save reflexes for another podcast episode. And so even today, just one example that maybe this happens to you sometimes. Um, but for me, sometimes I will go from zero to 10 to having to pee really, really bad and won't always be aware of that having to pee sensation leading up to it. So again, not aware of those different bodily sensations happening in our body. So specifically when it comes to using the bathroom, there are two different things I will see frequently. I'll see with kids. And the first one is kids who tend to have the more lower muscle tone. So imagine if you just relax all of your muscles, and if you're sitting down right now, um, let's do a little interoception awareness activity. I actually have a few for you guys today. Um, So let's relax your muscles, specifically your pee-pee muscles. And if you're doing this with me, you can likely feel how when our muscles are very relaxed and loose, it is going to make it a lot easier for kids to have accidents and not be aware or in tune with when they have to go because they have that more relaxed feeling all the time not just when they're trying to go. And so now let's look at the opposite of that. If you clench your muscles really tightly down there, you likewise are going to be less likely to tell when you have to go, which is that's the fall of the category that I fall into. And so when kids or adults are in that more hyper alert state, their bodies naturally clench their muscles more tightly, like their normal state is just that more tight and tense. And like think how if you clench your muscles when you're stressed or angry, Kids in that more hyper alert state that it's very frequently for kids with sensory differences. Um, I would say that a lot of the kids fall into one of those categories. So the high tone kiddos or then the low tone kiddos, which 
for also a lot of kiddos still, they don't fall into either of those categories. And so then the my approach for these kiddos would be my main interoception treatment approach, which I will get into shortly. And I, for specifically those two different categories, so for the low tone kiddos, though, we want to work on strengthening those specific muscles and a lot of just muscle strengthening. And then also for high tone kiddos, we want to do a, the opposite. So do a lot of stretching and daily stretching and loosening those muscles. And I also want to add in that a lot of those kids don't fall into either of those categories. So they can still have difficulty with interoception awareness, even if you're not high tone or low tone, you can still have that, def- that decreased body sensation awareness which is why my main treatment approach comes in. And this is the approach that I use for helping kids interoception challenges with toileting, with temperature control, with eating, with emotional regulation, with all the things I use this main treatment approach. And so it is all about strengthening kids' mind-body connection and building mindful awareness. And this approach has two steps. So step one is identify and step two is practice. So I just want to clarify that this is my personal approach based on my own interoception differences, experiences from what I've learned in school and just doing my own research. So step one is to identify, which is all about identifying and articulating those sensory experiences. We want to work on bringing mindful and purposeful attention to the sensations in our body. By identifying and bringing awareness to something, it is more than simply just, do you have to go potty or are you hungry? It is a lot deeper than that. So we're going to go deeper. And so this can look like a lot of different things, but like bringing attention by asking them to close their eyes. Do you feel any tingling down there? Do you feel any pee-pee or poo-poo down there? And it can look like using a visual choice board with bathroom options, showing kids intermittently throughout the day to help bring that consistent awareness down there. So over time, they start doing this on their own naturally. And by frequently reminding them, you are also helping them bring attention to that sensation and get used to that feeling. You can even make it fun for them by using visual choice boards with maybe the poop emoji, because really for everything and for all therapies, it is most powerful to use a play approach with kids. Play helps kids build trust with different experiences and helps make things feel safe and a relaxed experience, which is so important for their nervous system. We want to decrease pressure surrounding these events. Because for a lot of these events, like eating for picky eaters and using the potty, these events trigger a lot of stress, which consequently makes it harder for us to really tap in and be more mindful of how our body is doing into those different sensations. So back to some ways to identify. So step one, identify. We can work on practicing our different muscle tensions, like trying to squeeze or clench your hands and then moving on to trying to squeeze and clench your shoulders and squeeze really tight, and then next trying to squeeze and clench your your bottom, and then maybe your stomach, and practice other bodily sensations like breathing. Let's practice breathing fast. Now let's practice breathing slow. And another really, really beautiful practice, one that I highly recommend, is having kids work on feeling their pulse by placing their hands on top of their heart and trying to feel their heartbeat and get in touch with their heartbeat. This is such a beautiful practice for igniting that mind-body connection. And if you're not driving, close your eyes really quick and try this one with me. And just, actually, this reminds me that I really need to get a stethoscope to help my kiddos that have a harder time doing this. That has been on my to-do list for a while, so I'm happy to just remind myself. 
So anyways, these are all quick examples. I recommend doing all of them regularly to really build that interoception practice into your daily routine because it's really such a beautiful and powerful practice that I think is important for everyone to do. So to do with your kids, those different specific, not just kids with different interoception challenges, which I almost forget brings me to step two, which is practice, 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 practice. This isn't just a one time and done kind of thing. This is a continuous and hopefully lifelong practice. Of course, you can maybe decrease the amount of interoception awareness activities, identifying activities, and focus on the ones that resonate best with your child or with you. But a little insight into one of the ways that I incorporate interoception awareness into my daily life, one way that I love to do regularly is breath work. And I need a whole episode to go into on breath work because this is one of my number one therapeutic modalities in living that sensory lifestyle that is so important in healing for me. But in addition to breath work, I also love to do body scans and regularly checking in with my body. Am I clenching or holding tension in my shoulders or jaw? There have been times when I have actually been even laying down doing a body scan and I notice a spot of tension and I try to really, really focus and really look even deeper than tapping into that bodily sensation. I try to look even deeper to see if any emotions arise with that tension Sometimes I might find myself tearing up a little or feeling angry or just some different emotions might arise with it. And all of a sudden, a certain memory might come to mind tied to past pain that I've experienced or past events that I've experienced, which allows me to not only strengthen my interoception senses, but to help me process and release different emotions that I've been storing and suppressing. So kind of how I mentioned earlier that interoception relates to our physical emotional responses. I strongly believe that this is just all kind of explains how we can hold on to stress or trauma in our bodies. There is a lot of research being done and therapies involving these interoception practices in the physical releasing of past emotions stuck in our body and our nervous systems. So I know I strayed away from interoception for kids, but I really, I just hope that you can see just how important interoception is, not only for kids, but for everyone. It is such an important and powerful sense. I also hope you got some ideas of how to incorporate interoception activities into your child's daily routine and even your own life. And so just to review, the three main strategies are, number one, strengthening muscles for kids who have that more lower tone um, muscles. And then number two involves regularly stretching and releasing and loosening muscles for kids who are that more higher tone and have more tense muscles. And then number three, the big one, the main approach, for everyone, for all kids, is strengthening the mind-body connection through step one, identifying sensations, and then step two, practice, practice, practice. So I don't know about you, and maybe it's just a sensory nerd in me, but there is something with learning about our senses and our nervous system that is so magical. And the more I learn, it more it opens my eyes to seeing the world in a completely new light. I hope you enjoyed this episode and hope that you will join me inside the next round of Sensory Life Academy, which enrollment is opening so, so, so soon and will only be open for one week. It is going to be such a magical and transformational three months of deep, deep sensory and nervous system healing for your child and you. When it comes to doing sensory therapy, nervous system healing for you and your child, it is so helpful to have someone to help you in a community to help you and support you and someone to guide you through and walk you through this process. That is exactly why I created Sensory Life Academy to make this journey an easy, gentle, 
but transformational approach as we work on the inner work and the nervous system healing that all too often gets overlooked and ignored, even though it is the most important thing there that impacts everything. So don't forget, enrollment for Sensory Life Academy opens in less than two weeks on Thursday, March 31st. And, oh, sorry, Thursday, March 24th. And you can visit the link in the show notes to join the waitlist because it will only be open for one week and you absolutely do not want to miss this life-changing experience. So thank you again for joining me today and being a part of this sensory community and for being a sensory advocate with me. I love you guys so much and we'll see you guys next time.